Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with visual artist Laura Alexander to talk about her background, her work, and we go behind the curtains a little bit on how the art world works. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored this week by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com, the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with artist Laura Alexander. Laura, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Full disclosure to everyone listening. (laughs) uh, We've had this conversation before. I would like to note this is the first time I've ever (laughs) lost an interview, but I lost it while Laura was sitting here. So (laughs) it's all good. Laura, talk to us uh, about your work. Um, So I hand cut paper. Um, I I basically draw my work out first, cut it on the back side, and then I um, flip it over. And then I cut multiple layers. Um, Sometimes I paint on the back so that it casts a color into the shadows. And so what it ends up looking like is it's these layers of paper with incremental changes Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the... um, I don't know if you'd say depth of the paper or depth of the opening yeah. that mm-hmm. you're creating, mm-hmm. uh, which create it's a beautiful effect. And I most of the work that I've seen of yours is large scale work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it, it's arresting. It's intricate. Uh, it's I enjoy it a lot. Talk about your background and sort of how you got here. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Pataskala, Ohio. I went to um, Fort Hayes for high school um, for their fine arts program. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went to my regular high school. Um, and then I went um, to Maryland Institute College of Art for pa- on a painting scholarship. Um, I had a sculpture teacher that was also a fiber professor. And so I pretty quickly um, from getting there, I decided I didn't want to paint anymore. <laughs> and I started like embroidering, weaving, um, making sculptures instead of paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of bead work for my, my thesis work. Um, and then I went to the University of Washington in Seattle. I took a year off before I went there. That was your graduate mm-hmm. work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then what was that graduate degree in? Fibers. Got it. Got it. And for those that don't know, the Fort Hayes program, I was actually there for mm-hmm. theater. It's a vocational program for uh, like anything else, like auto shop. Uh, you go there half a day for junior and senior year to... Um, train in a specific work there's a theater program instrumental music vocal music dance uh tv radio commercial art fine art what am i forgetting is that all of them did you say music yeah there's the two musics oh (laughs) maybe dance if i didn't say it but uh how did you discover how did you learn about that program and and 
decide to go there? Um, so my older sister is also an artist. She's a uh, she's a UX designer now, but she was in a graph design program at the time. Okay. She mentored with one of the teachers there. And okay. That's how she found out about the program. And then I was kind of wasn't sure if I wanted to be an artist or a doctor. So <laughs> my parents actually pushed me down the art way. <laughs> the art okay. way. And so um, because they're both very creative people. Um, and that's how I found out about the program. And it was a really, I mean, we, we learned how to weld there. We had painted yeah. there. We went on field trips every Friday. It was like a really great exposure to the arts. So I'm not, I'm familiar with how CCAD does it in mm-hmm. terms of you do survey work when you first come in. And so you're doing all different mediums mm-hmm. of work. Uh, is Maryland Institute College of Art similar mm-hmm. in that yeah yeah most art schools have a like they call it foundations okay um so at mica we had like we had color we had um color classes we had like theory classes okay we had you know intro to drawing intro to painting um and i imagine a little bit of art history too right? yeah okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we also had to take like a science class and <laughs> well good <laughs> and the humanities good. and stuff yeah so yeah well, we were, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, the interview, but Charlotte Belland was talking, we ended up talking a little bit about how those additional classes that aren't necessarily art mm-hmm. inform, can end up actually informing mm-hmm. your art. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. did you feel like, and I guess I'm trying to make this a little uh, uh, endorsement for Fort <laughs> Hayes, did you feel like you had a leg up on the other students because you had sort of experienced what you refer to as foundations. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did actually um, get advanced placement in some classes, so I didn't have to oh, okay. take some of those foundational classes. Okay. Um, and then but it, it was actually, it was a kind of, a, <laughs> it was a, a great thing that I was ahead, but there was also a bad thing because I was used to working independently. Okay. And you get into school and you have assignments. Like, they would give us assignments at Fort Hayes and we'd laugh at them and we just do what we wanted to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was lucky that I had a professor for one of my foundations classes who was like, you can break the rules as long as it's good. <laughs> so, okay. So if I didn't want to do the homework as long as I brought in something good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would let me get you know around that. But um, it was it was difficult my first year, and then I kind of got into the groove, and it was Got fine. it. And so you – so correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like they're giving you studio time mm-hmm. is what you're getting at Fort Hayes with some guidance mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm, bit, but mm-hmm. – Again, you ended up laughing at the assignments. <laughs> so, um, and then talk to me about how you discovered the the work that you're doing now, the paperwork. Um, so when I was in grad school, I was drawing with my sewing machine on this transparent fabric and layering those. Okay. Um, so it was, the drawings would, you know, come through. Well, come through. And um, I... I, my, my roommate from college came to visit me from undergrad and she was like, oh, you should try etching glass because she had etched some glasses, like just mugs for her house. And okay. she's like, it's kind of a cool process, you know. So I was like, oh, I'll go check it out. So then I started etching um, drawings into glass and layering those. And then I, after I moved back here, I, I hit the brakes um, in my car coming from Mount Vernon, moving artwork. And I broke a couple pieces. I think okay. it was like three or four pieces. Okay. <laughs> and so I went back to my studio and um, just kind of defeated. And I, actually, this piece has stayed in the back of my car for a while. <laughs> I'm not messing with those. <laughs> I didn't even want to know. <laughs> right. I, I had a big roll of paper, so I just unrolled the paper and was like, I'm just going to draw from now on because drawings don't break. And then I started cutting my drawings and getting very similar results. Okay. So it was almost a decision sort of out of necessity, (laughs) 
but uh but you were getting the same results yeah uh and they are arresting pieces i encourage anybody to take a look at them what sort of they're super pattern oriented Mm -hmm. and intricate what um inspires that so a lot of that comes from travel um i i go around um wherever i'm at and just collect patterns Um, okay like I was just in Cuba and they have these very exquisite floor tiles. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of doing a, a series now based on those floor tiles and, and even just the grades set on their, like blocking their windows and their doors. Oh, okay. Um, so they have some really lovely patterns I picked up there and I just kind of take those, translate them in the paper, okay. um, paint, paint how I want to paint them. A lot of times the palettes come also come from those, from where I'm at, mm-hmm. um, what I'm seeing. And you are represented by two galleries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one in San Francisco? Simon Breitbart Fine Arts. Okay. And then the Hammond Harkins Gallery here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what uh, sort of that process is like working with a gallery and how those, this is literally, I think, for those sort of people like to hear how, how does this happen? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, how does this work? What's the arrangement there? Obviously, they're taking a, a cut. Right. Uh, but <laughs> what, like any, because they're an agent, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that happens to have a physical space where they can mm-hmm. show your work. But that's not, not always even does your work go into their physical space, right? Right, right. Um, so like with Simon Breitbard, because um, they're in San Francisco, um, they mostly work with designers and corporations. So a lot of the times it's commission work, which it just basically goes from my table okay. to a framer to their wall. Okay. <laughs> right? But they do have two physical galleries. Um, but the, those works, it's usually just a, a mix of everybody's work so they can bring those, those clients in and show them the work. And, okay. And they get so they don't really do, and this is just sort of the nature of the gallery. Mm-hmm. They don't really do shows. Mm-hmm. They just have basically for lack of a better term, a showroom. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And then have you done art fairs at all? Um, I did, I did like some indie craft fairs a long okay. time ago, but that was like doing like stencil work and stuff. But not of, like yeah, proper, yeah. No, like, like yeah, you're yeah. not going to Art Basel or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had galleries bring my work to art fairs. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And is that, um, is there anything different there or... I, I guess I'm not um, super familiar with how that process works either. I personally haven't been to a lot of them. So in in California, they brought them to a couple, you know, to a couple of different fairs. I did go out to New York. I was showing with a gallery in New York City for a little while, and they had my work um, in like an art on paper show, okay, like or one of those like whatever art fairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went and saw it at a different fair that was a couple of weeks later. Um, the cool thing there was I, I hung next to Frank Stella, which was like a really big oh, deal Oh, there for you me. go. He's like one of my heroes. So. There you go. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, and so with the gallery here in Columbus, then how does that, what do you do for them? Um, so the work here in, in Columbus is, mu- I would say much more, um, focusing on on the actual gallery show okay yeah got it got it i mean I, I do do commission work but i don't do nearly as much of it here as i do okay for outside of here and then you still have a full-time job mm-hmm. too that you're mm-hmm. doing um where do you so with the full-time <laughs> job with the life you, you know your life how do you how do you do you block out time for your work mm-hmm. how how, I do, try, how do you make time yeah, for I, mean, it? So I try to block out work but um it's it's hard because it's like you know you got family stuff you got mm-hmm. 
you know, I have a dog, I got you know, friends. Right. Friends come last, but you know, I'm just kidding. Don't tell them that. <laughs> but it's just a matter for like my studio is in my home and okay. I didn't think I would like that. Um, I was, I was at Junction View Studios for years. Okay. Um, and then obviously that came to, came down mm-hmm. and Gravy Yard is there. And um, it was kind of a turning point for me where I was like, do I buy a house? I didn't really think I could afford a house. But, okay. Um, if I was going to buy a house, I was going to have to work house because like, I couldn't afford both. I can't. I'm not going to pay for a studio anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it's been really good because I can run down and do like put a coat of paint on something and then go back upstairs. Or oh, I, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, didn't, I just put a doggy door in my studio so my dog can go let it herself out. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Life hack by yeah, Laura yeah. Alexander. Because you don't realize how much the time that stuff takes. Cause you oh, do, absolutely. You go let her out, and then an hour later, I'm like, why am I still upstairs? Yeah. You get, it's just, that's the problem with working at home, right? Yeah, is things yeah, get a little yeah. bit distracting. Yeah, yeah. So are you like, uh, do you turn on music? Is there a TV on? What yeah. do you... It depends on where I'm at in the work. So sometimes okay. I listen to audiobooks, podcasts. Yeah. Like Tim Fulton's. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, but because it is um, super... I imagine it's it's very meticulous work yeah, and yeah. it's I imagine pretty repetitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in the let's call it the execution phase, you've mm-hmm. already drawn it, you've probably already gotten through uh one layer of it. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like, okay, I got to power through this and do yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. So I listen to a lot of TV or movies. Um, yeah. Like I said, podcasts, audiobooks, music. Yeah. Music's mostly for when I'm drawing okay. um, or painting. Um, and then the other stuff I'll kind of, kind of, it's kind of nice to have like someone else in the studio with me yeah, <laughs> like, just, talking to just me. Just talk to me. I just need to, <laughs> I'm doing mindless work. Yeah. Give me someone to talk to. Uh, and so what, so yeah, talk about that process a little bit. Actually, mm-hmm. you, you get, you know, you need to do a piece, mm-hmm. uh, you know, roughly how big it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so do you sketch it out? Mm-hmm. Do you? start with like one single shape i'm i'm a little aggressive i think <laughs> okay. i don't like sketching things so i'll do it if i have a commission like i'll be like oh here's a sketch okay like, but when it comes to like making things that i just want to make um, yeah i just like lay the paper out and just start really at it <laughs> and you just start uh <laughs> for I mean, better you or worse you start <laughs> with the sketch right yeah yeah, yeah. and you've got yeah. like a ruler down so you're creating if, uh, if yeah if it's hard cuts yeah got yeah. it like I'll, I'll draw I, I compass whatever i need to get those geometric shapes in there right yeah and then um once i'm happy with that i start cutting okay and then so you're starting with that base do you i don't know why i think this is a weird <laughs> question do you start with the top piece of paper or the bottom piece the of paper? top always yeah always. and so always then do you because the top has the larger holes mm-hmm. And so then do you just put that because you cut from the back, I imagine. Yeah, right. 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 So everything I work on the reverse on every layer. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll cut that first layer. And then depending on the piece, I mean, sometimes there is a different pattern behind it. But a lot of times it's the same pattern. Yeah. A smaller cut. Right. Or a smaller hole. Literally just just lay the next piece. Lay it on a stencil. Yeah. And cut through it. Okay. Because it saves me time. Otherwise, I have to draw the whole thing out again. <laughs> right. Well, and so are you just <laughs> And you want saying, it to match up, so. So are you just sort of literally, you're just laid on top and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this one's going to be just slightly smaller mm-hmm. than the last one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And do you, I don't know why. It's I'm just so, all by eyeball. Yeah. And do you have, because obviously you've got hundreds, if not thousands of hours 
it's got to be thousands of hours actually now that <laughs> oh, I think yeah, about yeah, it easily. Uh, <laughs> what's the amount of difference in terms of space for each layer like how many layers it depends are on, yeah it depends on the piece like some pieces like are three layers but they look like they're a lot more some okay pieces are 20 layers yeah it just depends because especially when i do ones that have like multiple layers just butted up against each other yeah and then and then also i'll additionally have ones that aren't like okay that's like a puzzle i have to put together basically Little spacing between. <laughs> yeah okay so um there can easily be 20 or more layers in those pieces but not significantly more than that ever, right? I don't. I think I would say no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Cause, is it because you can only? I mean, I'd have to cut really big to get more right. than that in there. Well, and you're not. Um, uh, I'm not going to explain this term. You're not. Bev- <laughs> you're not bevel cutting ever, right? Yeah, like you're no. literally just straight down cutting yeah, with an exacto yeah. knife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And you're doing that by hand. Mm-hmm. No yeah. aid of ruler, straight no, edge. No. You have the drawing. Yeah, I mean, I ju- yeah, the first drawing, and I, and that's not even, like, drawn to, I just, like, I'll have a, a pencil line, and mm-hmm. I make two cuts for that pencil line, you know what I'm saying, like, okay. that makes sense. Yes, I think so, <laughs> huh. Um, talk about, what does that say? We talked about representation. Um, talk a little bit about, like, what's the, what's the hardest part for you? we talked about finding time, mm-hmm. but in addition to that, like what, uh, what do you struggle with as an artist? Um, I think uh, like my struggles may be different than some other people's struggles. I mean, I, I think we all have, I mean, they're equal. Everybody's struggles. got they're their stuff. Right? So right. It might be that you have a family or like, I don't have kids, but I have, um, a pretty rigorous day job. So, okay. um, I'm on the VP track. So it's like, oh, I'm, that's good. <laughs> and I work for corporate America. So it's not like a matter of like, can you say where you work? I would just say a financial institution. <laughs> that Got one, it. <laughs> you can figure it out your own. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, so, I, I mean, I have a pretty big day and sometimes I come home and I can't even physically yeah. think about making artwork. But and, that, and, then, and I also feel like that puts me at a disadvantage, though, too, because I have to stop all the time and go do this other thing and then you okay. know, come back in. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Like, yeah, there's times I'm, I'm like, oh, if I had more time. I, I feel like I progress faster, but then I think maybe I take more risks because I'm not in the studio as much. Like, I don't know. It's weird. You it's do like, take more risks yes. because you're not in the studio Yeah, as because much? I feel like I have to catch up. Oh, because you're rushing. <laughs> yeah. And if you had more time. Yeah, because yeah. okay. I, like, I feel like I, I read something recently that was like said that procrastination is fear. And I feel like sometimes we go to our studios and we just procrastinate. Yeah. Right? Like, if you, like I've got oh, all you know? day yeah. to do this two hours. Yeah. yeah. But if you have two hours to do what, you know, all the work you can do for that yeah. day or whatever, then you're going to take a, make, make, maybe make decisions a little faster. Yeah. Just like you do when you're under a deadline, right? Absolutely. So, like, I mean, all the, I'm always working right up to the day that the So you song. feel, you <laughs> so. do, you work well under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, talk about some of the things that you would encourage folks to check out in Columbus or the things that you think Columbus is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think like the GCAC is amazing. Like they, I think they have transformed completely since I moved here. Like, okay. I, I didn't really know much about them when I moved here, but mm-hmm. I know that they did a lot of work with the community. I can, I remember them coming into Junction View, asking us a lot of questions. And, yeah. And, and I think that they've done so much to to raise local art. Yeah. Up and to make it so 
is something that there's something to do every weekend, right? Yeah. And multiple things to do every weekend now. <laughs> um, I mean, I moved, I moved back to Columbus thinking I would, like, I'd be out of here. That you wouldn't be months. here for long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I, like, I joke to this day, like, I started my job. Like almost 15 years ago, I was okay. like, I'll be here for six months. It's 15 years later, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> because Columbus has a great art scene. Um, yeah, Junction View was amazing. It was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. for me at the time, and um, I think Franklinton has all that going for it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm too old to have the energy to do all, <laughs> all the time. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but like you know, I just went to Urban Scrawl. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like always. Um, you got the arts festivals. Yeah. You know. Um, Are there things that you would like to see Columbus do better or th- basically mm-hmm. holes that you see that should be filled? I don't know. I, I can't really think of any holes because we have the Wexner. We had the, mm-hmm. and then, like, I felt like for a while, you know, we just had the museum for a while. And then it was the Wexner came in and that was pretty amazing. Yeah. I think the Pizzuti's amazing. It's great that it's part of the museum now. Yeah. It's totally a different kind of artwork than you would go to the CMA to see. Um so I think that's pretty awesome. I don't know. There's lots of opportunities for artists. There's artist grants. There's um, professional grants. Like I, I got a professional grant to go to Cuba. So mm-hmm. that was amazing. So it's, yeah. it gives you the opportunity to make your own opportunities too. Like yeah. you can choose somewhere you want to go or some class you want to take and apply for a grant. And did you, you, uh, your gallery, you got representation from the galleries. They sort of found you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. How? But you were pursuing grants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. was it? Sort of was it art school that sort of armed you with knowing, like, here's what you got to do to be a working artist? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they they they, they taught us in grad in grad school how to fill out like a grant and okay. that sort of thing. Um, and you got to go just, to grad school for that. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Okay. But, but I'm just saying that well, was something that we learned there. <laughs> I guess what I'm asking is they don't teach you that in undergrad, right? Um, they they because may in now. Order to, I don't really feel like they did when I was there. I think for people who don't know, so I used to work at the Wexner Center, mm-hmm. um, and I had no concept of what sort of that in order to be not a quote unquote working artist, but like a represented artist, mm-hmm. there was a certain amount of academic cachet mm-hmm. that you had to have in order to be shown in like a fine mm-hmm. arts institution. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily based on the quality of work. Right. It's much yeah, more based yeah. on, um, where you went to school and who where you yeah where <laughs> well it's like anything else where you went to school who you knew and sort of where you fit into the mm-hmm. zeitgeist mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. like oh this person is influenced by this and was mentored by them yeah and yeah so you had to go you have to go to grad school to I sort mean, of like I, yeah I just it's funny because like I, you know a number of my friends went to grad school that I went to undergrad with and when, yeah. we, like, when we get together it was just like it's like a hor it's a horrible situation like grad school sucks I'm not gonna I'll say it okay. <laughs> No one wants to go to grad school. Okay. <laughs> it just like makes you question everything, right? But it's like you have to have that degree to like for that reason. Like yeah. if you go to a gallery and you have a I mean, I'm not saying you have to have it, but it gives you a certain amount of footing. Yeah. Well, and you I mean you get to put it on your C V yeah. and like yeah. I think that the galleries that represent you do so be partly because mm-hmm. you have this um Possibly. Because you have that degree. <laughs> what is art grad school like similar to 
getting like an academic doctorate in that like yeah as high as high as you can go is master's okay well i guess what i mean is is it's about one yeah you can teach that but also that you are spending a whole lot of your time Mm -hmm. simply putting together your body of work and Mm -hmm, proving mm -hmm. it out right it's not about going to classes at that point. right right it's about studying under someone and okay yeah and real that see i didn't know that (laughs) Yeah, it's it's mostly independent work, and then you have a thesis that you have to defend, and you get to pay for it too, mm-hmm, right? And I still am. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> cool. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite artist. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.